What's up, everybody? I'm Brian Barrett, former Boston sports radio guy and now host of the new Ringer show, Off the Pike, that'll cover your favorite Boston teams and stories from Fenway to Foxborough to the Garden and beyond. We're reacting to all the biggest games and moments with episodes at least three times a week featuring myself and some of your favorite guests at the Ringer and in the city. Plus, if the Celtics or the Pats make a surprise trade, if the Red Sox go on a run, or if any news breaks, we'll drop bonus instant reaction episodes too, so you're always up to date with the latest chatter. Get in on the action and follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. And if you're wondering who to start, who to sit, go to fantasyfootball.theringer.com. We have a rankings there for all the scoring you got, super flex, everything you want. You go to the position tabs, sit running back, receiver, tight end, whatever. You can see our rankings. We'll update those on Sunday morning as well. So check that out, fantasyfootball.theringer.com. We're, gonna, we're recording this Thursday, so we can't hit Thursday Night Football, but we'll be going through all the vibes entering Sunday. Starting with the Sunday scaries, I, I don't... I don't know where else to start other than just my Sunday's scary. Just all the bye weeks. That my, <laughs> probably easily the worst lineups I've had yeah. all year. I don't even think it's worse. There was like a bipocalypse a couple years ago. This What's like one level below the po- apocalypse? Pandemic? Post pandemic. <laughs> I I had a league where I had I debated having to start Samaji P. Ryan, like the backup running back for the Bengals. I was just talking to you guys before we were on, asking if I should add Zay Jones or Matt Collins. <laughs> this is, but to start. start, this is the worst. Like every week, you know, people are asking us questions. One, our personal lives. I assume you guys get texts too from friends. And then also just people are like, who to start? Who to sit? The, the saddest questions I've ever gotten this week. Is it oh, the same God. for you there's, guys? Yeah, there's multiple lineups where I'm starting like three tight ends. Like it's... <laughs> Seriously bad out there right now. Let me ask you guys. Do you guys give advice to people who are in a league with yourself? It depends on the league. If it's like a competitive (laughs) one, no. But I have a couple (laughs) leagues where I'm just like trying to get my friends into fantasy football. Who like haven't played it before. And in those, I just help everybody. And honestly, those teams are doing worse than the people who don't ask me. I think if people ask me earnestly what they think, I I have a very hard time lying. You guys know me. I can't lie. Like for the life of me, I'm a terrible liar. People can see through it immediately. So if I tried to lie to anybody about it, they'd know right away. So I just have given up. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights and I'm on the phone with Dale and he's like, hey man, like, <laughs> hey man. how do you use the stereo? <laughs> it's like my friend's asking me like, hey, who should I start? And I'm like, oh, you should start. Wait, 
Why am I talking to you, you man? Ruined my we're, life, the, man. we're in the same league. <laughs> you just beat me last week. Yeah. Uh, but I don't actually, I feel like a lot of people don't ask me anything in, in the leagues that we're in together. Like, me, they ask me like trade advice and things like that, like in Dynasty, but that's about it. By the end of the phone call, I'm like, you should start Zach Ertz. He's like, all right, thanks, man. I just like, <laughs> why do you want to, why do you even want to play Zach Ertz and another tone at the same time? All right, like, talk to you tomorrow. I like the party. Why am I even talking to you, man? <laughs> Oh my god! All right, so that just generally—if you have like a horrible lineup this week, I get it. Uh, I, if you even thought about Rex Burkhead this week, I, ugh, I feel you. Okay, other Sunday scaries, DK beyond just our atrocious lineups. Yeah, so I'm just looking at some of the matchups for this weekend and Jets skill position players against the Bills this weekend. That scares me. It scares me a little bit. Uh, the last time and the only time I believe that Zach Wilson has played the Bills, he went seven for twenty with eighty-seven <laughs> yards and a touchdown. 40 <laughs> of those 87 yards came on one play and the touchdown. It was a 40-yard <laughs> touchdown. The rest nice. of the game... <laughs> so if you take away one play? The rest of the game, 47 yards on 19 attempts. Of course, this was last year. This is different. He's got a little more talent this year. Um, but the fact of the matter is, like this Bills defense is a buzzsaw. He, they got eight sacks on him last year. Uh, I'm sure they're going to get a ton of pressure on him this year. Jets running backs, too, last year combined for 24 yards in that game. I recognize that the Jets are better this year than they were last year, but I'm still very worried about this game. What do you guys think? I mean, I think that it's telling that this line is the Bills giving 11 and a half. It's not even the third biggest line of the week. Like, it's not just the six buys that are a problem this week. Like, the fact that there's three games slated to be blowouts, and this one, it's like what you just said. It's like, how can you, I mean, uh, if it weren't for like six teams being on buy, how do you play these people? Right. I'm more so like Garrett Wilson. Worried about that. Michael Thomas, or sorry, Michael Carter, worried about that. Uh, obviously, I'm not playing Elijah Moore because he's in the doghouse. Not playing Denzel Mims unless I absolutely have to. Well, the Jets don't even play Denzel Corey Mims. Davis is hurt. Well, yeah, DK, you were like, oh, well, at least this year the Jets have a little bit more talent. I'm not sure they do. Brees Hall's yeah, hurt. Probably they don't true, play yeah. Elijah Moore. James yeah. Robinson hasn't done anything. He wasn't doing anything in Jacksonville and then barely played last week. And it's like, all right, cool. Let's just fire up James Robinson against the Bills. And his first the only goal. saving grace is that Zach Wilson hates throwing the ball away. So you at least know he's going to put it in play. <laughs> right. It's too, it's too boring to throw it away. There's a world where the Bills defense could outscore all the Jets skill players combined, isn't there? It's like on the table. Oh, my gosh. Maybe this is the Costanza. I don't know. Maybe this is the week that the Jets just go off. That'd be hilarious. Start Denzel Mims. <laughs> I think that the buys made me so loopy that I was like, well, man, that means the backup running backs will be playing earlier. So maybe I can play James Cook in, you know what I mean? Like, that's where I was at. That's like, oh, yes, that's actually very true. That's the way that the Bills have operated this year is if it's a close game, like Devin Singletary plays the entire game. If it's a blowout, which has been pretty common, then they mix in the other guys. Um, obviously, they traded traded for Naheem Hines, which screws everything up, though. So now we don't actually know if we can start James Cook. No, I but I appreciate Zach Wilson. I feel like he's going to put the laugh in in slaughter this week. So good for him. Okay, <laughs> Is that, Craig, I've never was, heard that. That's, a, that's the a, laugh in slaughter. Good. Well, that's the that was I mean, the Dark Knight when he drives by with the the truck. Oh, does he say that? And there's a truck. It, no, it's just the truck that says like it's like it's like a toy truck or something. It sounds like laughter, and then he just. Spray paints in red the the slaughter around the laugh. Oh, no, that's good. Anyway. All right, Craig, your Sunday scary Colts. Everything going on with the Colts. L Ellinger, which I just realized now has linger in it. 
Ellinger. Linger. Linger. <laughs> Sam the Ellinger. Uh, they're playing the Pats in New England. And all that is bad. They're... <laughs> I want nothing to do with anyone on the Colts. Jonathan Taylor has a has a bulky ankle that he might play. He injured it on the long run in the first quarter of last week. If he plays, that's scary. Man, And uh, even Michael Pittman, I think, I mean, that's pretty much going to be the only player. If Jonathan Taylor doesn't play, that's the only player that Belichick's going to have to focus on. And the Colts now, without Matt Ryan, they're not throwing the ball. Last week, they threw it 23 times. Second lowest pass rate in the league. And before that, all they were doing was gunning it with Matt Ryan. So the volume's no longer there. The game total is 39 and a half. The Colts implied points is 16 and a half. The Pats, these been great. They're top five in picks and sacks. League low completion rate, 57%. Like, it all looks so bad for the Colts right now. I, I If you have like a, a wide receiver who's hot right now and you're debating starting them over Michael Thomas, I mean, Michael Pittman, who's been disappointing, like, I'd think about it. A Hansel? Was so hot right now? Yeah. I don't know who that is. Who's so who's like a really hot receiver? Devin right now. Duvernay, man. So, honestly, so hot Devin Duvernay. 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 Him over <laughs> so hot right now. Michael Pittman. I don't I don't know. The Colts, I they could score seven points this week. Pittman's been brutal. And honestly, Loki, Jonathan Taylor, maybe the worst pick in fantasy this year. He's really high up there. In terms of like return on value, yes. So far. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you take, like, since week, like, the first two weeks, he was fine. And since then, I don't, I'm not sure if he's, like, a top 40 running back. Yeah. So, if, that's not if, good. If you're counting the guys who are actually on the field, like, obviously, a Javante Williams pick is pretty bad. Najee Harris is pretty bad, but he's right up there. Let me get the exact number, because I'm fascinated by this. But Sam yeah, Ellinger imagine, he took Jonathan Taylor, because he was, quote-unquote, the safe pick. And then, since week three, the quote-unquote safe number three pick is the 48th highest scoring running back in fantasy Ugh. and half people are scoring uh, behind Rashad White. Brutal. That's not good. Anyway, probably unanswerable questions for the week. DK. Yeah, so what the hell are we supposed to do with all these recently traded players is my question. I don't, I don't you know, TJ Hawkinson, <laughs> Chase Claypool, yeah. obviously, Kadarius Tony probably not going to be playing Kadarius Tony <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're Craig. God, you're just I a want true to believer. so bad. Dude, the, 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 the cojones <laughs> it takes to play Kadarius Tony. Yeah, but can you imagine a better feeling, a better payoff than watching him come <laughs> in and just immediately catch like a 35-yard touchdown from Mahomes? Yeah, Ooh. that would be hilarious. Can you imagine feeling stupider than playing him and him getting a zero and you losing? Because he <laughs> if your team already sucks and you're like one in seven, do it. Um, but like more particularly, TJ Hawkinson, I think, is a tough one. Like, obviously there's very few tight ends that we trust in the NFL right now. TJ Hawkinson has not been a high upside guy, but he's at least been, you know, somewhat reliable and be part of the game plan here and there. I don't know if he's going to get very many snaps this week. I don't know if he's going to be part of the game plan. I don't know if he's even going to play. Like, I don't know what to do with this guy. There's just so many other um, tight ends that are we know are going to get, like, at least full snap counts. Like, I'm actually considering starting over Hawkinson right now. What do we do with him? And, of course, Chase Claypool, again, does he learn enough for the playbook and get enough, you know, chemistry or connection with Justin Fields in like a few days to actually be in your starting lineup? Probably I not. I feel like right? the answer is no. Yeah. You're not starting I think the safe answer is certainly no. Because you're not, you wouldn't start him if he's in the Steelers. Would you start Chase Claypool <laughs> this week or Matt right. Collins? <laughs> oh, God. Matt Collins, because he, he's above Hunter Renfro. He plays the majority of the snaps on the team other than Devontae Adams. It has to be. And Matt. he didn't like meet his quarterback on Tuesday. 
Exactly. <laughs> right. Okay, so we answered the Chase Claypool one. What do you guys do with I don't think you can play Hawkinson either. Yeah. Hawkins, that's real. I don't know if you can. I don't think you can play any of these guys who got traded. I think it's because, like again, rule. it's just like how stupid will you feel if they play like twenty yeah. snaps to get two catches for like eight yards? Does this feel yeah. dumb? Doesn't it feel like Andy Reid is going to flex on everybody and just like sneak Kadarius in in the red zone and just get him an easy touchdown? I just that's so going to happen. Ugh. Craig, the best part is he ha- he's not even on the injury report this week. No. <laughs> You know, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> he's not even tilting. on I'm the so injury. Angry. He's fully I'm so healthy. Angry. <laughs> he's oh like sprinting to practice. He's not even just a full participant with like whatever. God he's just damn. not even on it. Oh my god. <laughs> Reed said that he'll try and work him in in the game. I don't know. I, I kind of want to start Kadarius Tony. I'm so angry. dude. If, I'm if so we so, angry. if someone starts Kadarius Tony, send us the the receipts. I I want to see this. I've never been angrier about a player leaving one of my teams than I am Kadarius Tony. I'm so. Just firmly in the anger stage. Not over this at all. All right. Next category here. Mario Kart Rainbow Strip. You know, playing Mario Kart and you get the little rainbow boost, you go over the edge and you shoot and it just like, like speed boost. Turbo. Turbo. DK. Yeah. What team is the Mario Kart Rainbow Boost this week? Amon Ross St. Brown is getting the trade deadline Mario Kart Rainbow Strip. The trade deadline helped Amon Ross St. Brown. There's a big joke. Ian Harditz is at the top of it, basically in front of this joke. It's, Everything that happens in the NFL is good for Amon Ross St. Brown. In this case, trading away TJ Hawkinson is great for Amon Ross St. Brown. He's just going to get so many more targets in, in every game, I think, especially considering uh, DeAndre Swift apparently is not healthy, at least not fully healthy. He's not back completely. I think the Lions are going to, if he even plays this week, they're going to kind of keep him on a pitch count. I think Amon Ross, like the days of 30, 40, 50% target rate, like he saw last year down the stretch where Hawkinson and Swift were out, I think we could see that again this week, especially against, um, you know, uh, the Packers, who I actually don't, you know, I don't have any strong opinion on if like the Packers are a good line or a good matchup. I just think the trade deadline is giving Amon Ross St. Brown an extra boost this week. I think that even just in this game, on the other side of the ball, the other market rainbow strip is like, the Packers just playing the Lions, this feels like the offense that can't yes. do anything versus the defense that can't stop anything. It's like the force that can't move versus the object <laughs> that's like very easily moved. Like, but obviously, I feel like the, Aaron, the, la, the modern Packers are like literally defined by not putting skilled players around Aaron Rodgers. And this is like, they're taking it almost as far as you can go at this point because Al Nazard, we'll see if he plays, but it's just Romeo Dobbs and people this week. And it's, I mean, if they can't get this offense going against Detroit, I, do you guys know how bad the Lions' defense has been this year? They're like, they're they're past. They have given up the most points. They've given up the most yards per play. Their pass defense is last in coverage grade on Pro Football Focus. They've given up like like the highest opposer passer rating, everything in that. But their run defense is like maybe worse. They've given up the <laughs> second most rushing touchdowns, even though they Jeez. already had their bye. There's still more than thirty teams. And they're also allowed, they're top five in yards per carry allowed. Like, running, like, usually when we talk about a defense, it's like, either they're run D or their pass D is bad. The Lions might be the best matchup for both of those things. And so if the A.J. Dillon can't get going this week against Green Bay, if, like, none of these Packers receivers look good against Detroit, if Rodgers doesn't look good, I can't imagine playing these people again. Other than, like, Romeo Dobbs, I can't imagine playing Rodgers or Dillon again this season. I, I very much appreciate that the Lions have maintained and been consistent in being the rainbow strip this year. The Seahawks, they're not they're not holding up their part of the bargain. Their defense is like good now. They I actually better. saw this. 
in the last month, the Seahawks have the second-ranked defense in DVOA. So we, we the, the Seahawks are off the rainbow strip. Like, that's not happening anymore. But the Lions have stayed consistent. They've stayed terrible, reliable for us. That's great. I appreciate that. Thank you, Detroit. That's all I'm going to say. There's 110 cornerbacks that PFF's grade, like qualifying, and their starting cornerback on the left side is literally last. Like, dead last. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> the only guy I would play is... I would play Lazard. If he's on the field, Lazard has actually been magnetic in the end zone. I think he has like every game he's played this year, he either has like a touchdown or a hundred yards. So he's the only guy who Rogers still trusts that I like. And I do like Dobbs, but if Lazard plays, I would play him. Well, no, with this week, you play these guys. You play Aaron Jones, you play, I, I'm even playing AJ Dillon in the league this week because again, kind of him or like picking up Rex Apocalypse. Too, you have yeah. to. But again, the Lions D can't guard anyone. I guess I look at it more like if age, if they can't, if the, not even just for fantasy, like if the Packers offense can't move the ball and look good with all the chaos they've had. I don't think that if they don't do it this week, I, I kind of think they're going to miss the playoffs straight up if they yeah. lose this week. I want to bring up Romeo Dobbs, actually, since since we're talking about this. He's my debutante guy this week. Ooh, which means he's like going to... Wait, what does that mean? He's going to what? He's going to mature, as you say. Um, Coming gonna, out party? He's going to mature. This I, is going to be his, his introduction into, into high society. Yeah. Uh, so... I understand that he's already flashed a couple of times. Like, this maybe isn't the most technically sound debutante because he's already caught, he caught like a really cool touchdown last week and everything. But I think he has a chance to really have an explosion week this week. Lazard is limited. He may not, might not play. He's been limited in practice. Christian Watson has been out at practice. He's still going through concussion protocol. Um, and then Sammy Watkins stinks. Mark Rogers stinks. <laughs> I don't really expect them to do a whole lot. The Lions are giving up, as Heifetz laid out, the Lions are giving up the fifth most points to opposing receivers. And Rodgers, the vibes are good right now with Aaron Rodgers, for whatever reason. He, I think he's just said in, in interviews this week, like, they've really liked what they've done in practice, whatever. The vibes are good. Second half rookie breakouts are a thing. You can't just say the vibes are good. That doesn't just mean the vibes are good. If the Brooklyn <laughs> Nets say the vibes are good, you're just like, ah, I guess the vibes are good now. Wait, are you insinuating that Aaron Rodgers would lie? The vibes are good when they're preparing for the Lions. <laughs> of course, they weren't good last week, This though. is the get-right game for this yeah. offense. I, I, I'm building a theoretical argument. I actually, you know, I don't know if I, I just, I just couldn't let you be like, yeah, the are vibes good. are good. Every week, Aaron Rodgers is all but, like, he's always like, let's, uh, after these games, they keep losing, and he's like, I want to, like, make sure our energy and what we put out there is, like, in check, which I actually think every week is code for, please don't anonymously leak shit to the media. Please don't start blaming people <laughs> in like anonymous reports. So yeah, vibes are great. I don't know. I just, I just, I'm excited about seeing what Dobbs does this week. Dobbs passes the eye test. He's, he's good. Agreed. Agreed. Couple sweet catches last week in the Bills game. I think that's a good coming out party, DK. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Back to Mario Kart Rainbow Strip for hot second. Craig, do you have a Mario Kart Rainbow Strip for this week? Yeah, I got like a secret rainbow strip. You know how like in every Mario Kart level, there's always like a secret path that you have to like look up online to find. But when you do that, you like save two minutes on your lap. Oh, yeah. Uh, to, well, it's not I, two Chargers minutes, Falcons. Yeah. It's like, it's like seven seconds. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> have you played Mario Kart? There's no... 
Well, it's, it's, it, it changed, maybe saves two minutes off your time if you do it every lap. You have to do three laps to complete the race, whatever. Secret it's shootout. This amount of time. Chargers Falcons, which kind of like, you kind of cringe when you first, you're like, ooh, okay. But total of this game is almost 50, 49 and a half for really? Chargers Falcons, who you wouldn't think it, but both these defenses are terrible. The Chargers defense sucks. They're giving up the fourth most yards for playing the league. And the Falcons defense also quietly sucks, giving up the second most points per game, second most yards yeah. per play. They're the only team to give up 300-yard passing yards a game, the Falcons. Um, and these Chargers, they're always in shootouts. And even though there's no Mike Williams and God knows what's going on with Keenan Allen's hamstring, uh, I kind of think that this game could be an opportunity for like your Josh Palmers, uh, Drake London to get right again because the Falcons have shown that when they need to, they'll throw. Like that Panthers game last week, they threw the ball when they needed to, and they'll actually like go no huddle and like pick up the pace. And this could be that week. I think I heard this on the athletic show with Nate Tyson, Robert Mays. But can you, with AJ Terrell out, can you name a starter on the Falcons' defense? <laughs> oh my god! Like, Grady Jarrett's not. Well, they just traded for Grady Rashad Jarrett. Fenton. Is the is the one that they mentioned is like nationally recognized but like he's like the that, square man. in the bingo card he's like the middle <laughs> yeah. three yeah it's didn't they, just they, like, just, they traded for the chiefs guy rashad fenton didn't they there you go <laughs> they traded for the chiefs guy craig says <laughs> they have the giants washout lorenzo carter right that's yeah sure that's all uh, I but that's i think that makes the point is like yes th this is not a great defense <laughs> well to that point though this game is such a bizarre warp where it's like the falcons cannot stop the pass they're probably the worst pass defense in the nfl but then, in the Chargers, in theory, should be wanting to throw it, but they have, like, no receivers left that are healthy. And then the other side of the ball, the Falcons, all they want to do is run, and the Chargers philosophically are like, yeah, run it if you want. Sure. Like, the Chargers give it 5.7 yards per carry on defense. And that's more than, like, the average Kyler Murray pass gains. Like, like if you include sacks in yardage, running on the Chargers gains more yards than Kyler Murray dropping back to throw. Like, and so wow. I just think it's fun. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. how bad the Chargers' run D is to the point where I feel like if the Falcons win this game, it's going to be like Waterloo for Brandon Staley. I think that the entire oh, no. national, like, like narrative on Brandon Staley is, like, people will turn on him if the Falcons and, like, the Arthur Smith where DK hates and the run, run, run just, like, plows through the Chargers and they still can't stop the run this week. I think it's kind of going to be tough. It's going to be miserable. I mean, Her Herbert's coming off a bye. Theoretically, he should be the healthiest he's ever been. If this team can't score 25, 30 points against the Falcons, then it's over. It's all she wrote. The NFL show on Friday with Solak and Ruiz. Steven actually did to Solak and I what we do all the time with the two players and a lie. Steven uh -huh. just read a list of Chargers receivers and he just made one up. And Solak and I had no <laughs> idea until the end of the segment. We just yeah. didn't know. Because it's like Michael Bandy. I, I, these guys, it's the slowest group in... I can never remember it. They're going to trot out. It's a disaster. But while we're talking about the Chargers, DK, you mentioned the debutante ball and like the coming out party. Mm -hmm. I would like to have a retirement party. I would like to have a going away party for Keenan Allen. I don't uh, think we're ever going to see him again. Old Yeller but, Award. Remember that? Just get it is right away into the, into the sunset. So Keenan Allen has played like 45 snaps this year, got hurt in week one, came back in week seven. We're like, okay, cool. Like, by week eight, going to come out of week eight. Bye, he'll be healthier. Took a couple months. It is what it is. He got, in his own words, he got worse over the bye. Oh, God. He's, like, he also said he's not, so he came back, and I guess it was going to be a snap count, and, like, not 100% healthy, not going to play 100% of snaps. Now he's like, I'm not coming back to him 100% healthy. 
I don't know if we're seeing. How it did it get worse? Was he practicing too hard on it? He said or it was training. Yeah, happened? he just was training. It got worse. I don't know. Hey, Karumba. Yeah, it's hard to get old, you guys. This is tough. I, 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 here's the real question. Can you just cut him? We're talking about bipocalypse. People need no, Adam. Can. can you just cut Keenan? Why not? Guys, what has to can't. happen for you to play this guy? <laughs> you just can't. You just can't. You can't cut Keenan Allen. Because even if you hold him the entire season and he's finally healthy by week 12, he, it, it, that's just too valuable to, to have him. It's like he should be your last spot on your bench. I, I, I get that. But is he? Is he that valuable? <laughs> yes, what yes, so yes. Valuable? It, this is not like 2017. Like, why is he so valuable? This guy who's had to have, like, the, by the, he's saying he won't come back for 100% until he's 100%. He, he basically saying he was not 100% week seven. And he's not going to play again until he's 100%. And he's worse than he was for week seven. He's, it's, he's not just not playing this week. I don't know if he's going to play the next week. It's like, are you going to throw him in your lineups anytime soon? <laughs> when Probably he's healthy, not. yes. He got a, he's had 100 catches in like six straight seasons. He's valuable. Because he was he's healthy, healthy in those yes, seasons. But it's worth waiting. I mean, listen, how Is often it? are you actually... You, how often are you actually using all five or six bench spots? Like, you can have one guy who's just like a speculative future play. Just hold on to Keenan Allen because it will be worth it. And like week 12 or 13, if Rashawn Slater comes back, the offense is better. They're fighting for a playoff spot. Like Keenan Allen, I think, Jesus, will be used this year on the team. <laughs> Dude, I think this is a Ponzi scheme. This is not like, it's like a no, timeshare. No, no. It's like he's going to come back. This right is when the I only, Heifetz, this is the only week that you can't afford to have like just him sitting on your bench. Like if you can get through this week, there's no reason to cut him right now. You want you to know? talk about a real Ponzi scheme? Another retirement party candidate? Michael fucking Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I tried to tell you guys, man. Michael Thomas is getting moved to IR. He's potentially going to be out for the rest of the season. He probably is. He's having toe surgery. He has a dislocated second toe. So here's my question. It's weird. What have they been doing on that toe since week three? It's not hard to diagnose a dislocated toe. Did they I, pop I, it back in and it didn't, it didn't heal? What have they been doing on the toe? Why didn't they operate back in week three or week four? What have they been doing? If you're a doctor, can you email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com? Oh, because sure, it's when very Greg simple. Just was like, yeah. It's not hard to diagnose a dislocated <laughs> toe. Is, I was like, okay. Well, I feel like a dislocation is either, it's binary, somewhat, right? Is it's it either, located or is it dislocated? Is it, in, is it inside <laughs> what does the socket? What even mean? If it's in its socket, is it in the socket? Just or is it out of the floating socket? around in a bag of skin? Like, what's going on there? <laughs> I just, Michael Thomas, I obviously spent a lot of money on him in multiple leagues this year because I thought he was of value. And he was not. He played well for the first two weeks. But this man has played, ten, will have played 10 games in three years. He hasn't, he has barely played in the pandemic. He's 45 catches since the pandemic began. You know, he purports Jeez. to be like Mr. Competitive, right? He's like, I love the last dance. I'm Michael, jo I'm Michael Jordan as yes. a wide receiver. We have, it, like, do you think he's upset right now? Like, this, for how competitive this man is, he's not playing football ever. Does he care? Is he like, well, I, we'll lace him back up next September. Like, what is he thinking? I don't get it. Dude, the vibes around him have always been so strange for like the last three years. Like, there was a report a couple... Like last year, at least, where he wanted to be traded. You know, there was a bunch of speculation that he was just like sitting out the rest of the year because he didn't want to like re-injure whatever. Was, I decided that foot injuries are the scariest injury to me now. Well, Rashad like, Bateman for the Ravens getting foot, foot injury, surgery. That's like He's the worst the thing possible. You know <laughs> well, what I'm saying? DK, you can take a victory lap because before the season, Craig was like, what am I missing on Michael Thomas? He's back. He's healthy. Like, why is this not great? I was like, I don't know, but I, I looked at Michael Thomas as... Wherever we're ranking him is wrong. I just have no idea if we're like 
extremely too high on him or extremely too low on him. But we'll be wrong. And DK was like, I wouldn't touch this guy with a 20 football <laughs> because the vibes are bad. Yeah. So congratulations, well, just, I, DK. I think my whole thing was like, I just can't, like, after what we've seen the last three years, and of course, I don't know what's going on with them. You mean after what we haven't seen? Right. <laughs> just, I don't, I don't, and obviously, I don't have any inside scoop on what happened with him this year. The only thing we can do is speculate based on the fact that he's he did not go on IR, and then the team wasted a roster spot on him for, like, however long, six, seven weeks. So did and my And then fantasy. now he's on IR. To me, uh, this is exactly what I was afraid was going to happen. I told you guys, I'm like, I just don't trust a guy to, like, if he gets a little bit banged up, that he's just going to decide he doesn't want to play or whatever. That's not necessarily what happened here, but that's just how it feels. Like, this is the vibes thing that we're talking about. Um, the other thing is, according to the coach, Dennis Allen, he said the toe just didn't respond how they thought it would. Like, what does that <laughs> I, mean? I, you know, like, I just, to me, I, I said this to you, I was like, I just don't trust this guy to, like, if he gets It sounds like Michael injured, Thomas didn't respond to play. the way we thought it would. <laughs> like, I was going to say, so well, weird. I, I will say, that's also what Brent Stelly said with the hamstring for Keenan Allen, but I got to say, whenever it's like, the injury didn't respond like we thought it did. I always think that's how like DK talks about taking his son, who's like two years old, through the airport. Right? Didn't, yeah, like, didn't respond how we hoped he would. Uh, you know, had a had a bad outburst. <laughs> We're gonna take the season off and try a flight next year with Calvin. Oh God, yeah. Oh my God. Also, DK, you have twenty five fantasy teams. How many do you have Michael Thomas on? One. <laughs> how you doing? It's actually higher league? than I thought. Uh, middling. I'm in the middle. I'm like five hundred. You know what line of thinking I'm abandoning? And this was a common thought in fantasy the last three years. People have been on this that like, nope, like people aren't actually injury prone, right? You shouldn't factor in a player's prior injury into their value this year if they are, you know, perceivably healthy right now. I don't buy that. I'm done with that. There are injury prone <laughs> players. DeAndre Swift is going to get hurt every single year. Michael Thomas is going to get hurt every single year. I buy it. I'm back in on injury prone. It exists. <laughs> Except for McCaffrey, who's been... I'm actually oh, not going to... What I'm not going to... He'll get hurt, too. Trade him. Raheem Mostert. It's going to get hurt. <laughs> Coming out party for Raheem Mostert this week? Is he, like, the oldest... Would he be, like, the oldest debutant? Yeah. It's like how Morgan Freeman, like, didn't get his first big role until he was, like, 38 or something like that. Or John Hamm getting yeah, Mad Yeah, John Hamm. This is the John Hamm Award. The John Hamm Award. But I am giving... Yeah, the Mad Men Role of the Century Award. Uh, <laughs> Raheem Mostert. I know the debutante, like he he's had a couple of good games, but he hasn't really had like the big game. And I do think it's going to be this week. Uh, they're playing the Bears. I just, it's funny. I don't think two is good, yet I'm fascinated and infatuated with the Dolphins in fantasy football. They're like the sexiest fantasy football Time team to admit ever. he's good, Craig. Just he's admit not. It. He's good. They are good in spite of him. But the Bears, so obviously Waddle and Tyreek are like the two sexiest wide receivers in fantasy football right now. but. I, I do think that one Miami's been running it a bit more. They've been a bit more balanced since Tua came back. And they're playing the Bears, who before they traded away the league leading tackler, <laughs> Roquan Smith, as well as Robert Quinn, were horrific against the run. They're giving up 156 yards a game, second worst in the league. And I, like I said, Miami's been running a lot more. Chase Edmonds is gone. Jeff Wilson just got there. And with the trade deadline approaching, here's what I want to pitch to you guys. The fantasy little, trade deadline. The fantasy trade deadline is approaching. I have a little bait and switch plan here. So Jeff Wilson is obviously a former Niner. McDaniel knows him, as is Mostert. Do we think that... Right, Jeff Wilson's now on Miami. Do we think that if Raheem Mostert has a great game this week, because Jeff Wilson's not quite acclimated yet, that you should ship Raheem Mostert, sell high, because one, he's 31 and super injury prone, but two... Do we think that this offense becomes a bit more of a running back by committee now that McDaniel has two guys who kind of are, are built 
for that run system. Yeah. I think yes. 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 I don't <laughs> know if I would trade away Raheem Mostert necessarily because like at this time of the year, the reality is no one wants to give up running backs. And like once you give them up, it's like But like like if, if you I think if, that Jeff Wilson is an excellent buy low. I think you're right about that because the person is Jeff Wilson is probably thinking about even cutting him. So you could probably get him for anything above like a waiver wire player. I definitely endorse trading for Jeff Wilson. Because I just think anything this, after Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson's incredible. I think this week will be the the, the most, like Raheem Mostert this week will have the, the most secure role he'll have for the rest of the season. I completely agree. I think Jeff Wilson is like a potential like league winning kind of guy because to your point, injury prone, it's back. Yeah. Love Raheem Mostert. How old is he? Is he 31? <laughs> I think he's 45. <laughs> Injury prone. It's back. That's it is. one unquote. He's 30. But I think Jeff Wilson is like, we talk about all these handcuffs. Jeff Wilson's now just like, like what Alex Madison used to be. Just potential. This does feel like the week that Mostert just rips off like an 85-yard touchdown, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, mean, I think that's sell high. It's a really good call. All right, DK. Dynasty brain time. Player that, what? <laughs> This is Dynasty Brain Time. I'm I'm gonna piss Heifetz off. I know it already. My Kombucha okay. Girl Player of the Week. Player you keep changing your mind on. You're like, yeah. Well, well, I'm like yeah. basically like I'm trying to talk myself into this. Terrace Marshall Jr. of the Panthers. And look, I know that this is like sort of me being a draft nerd and holding on to my draft takes because I liked him when he was coming out of the draft. Um, but I am intrigued. Yeah, most people don't it. know who this is. To be clear, he was on LSU with Joe Burrow, right? Yeah, and then he played after. He like stayed an extra year after. Uh, Jamar Chase left. So he was on he was on a team with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Um, and then he was sort of a holdover. And he he had like a lot of stats even with those two guys before he got hurt, I think, that year. And then after that, he, you know, put up big numbers. He just hasn't really like emerged in this offense yet. He was a second round pick for the Panthers, has basically done nothing to this point until the last two weeks. Um, however, after Matt Rule got fired, the new coach, Steve Wilkes decided to play his young players. He also traded away Robbie Anderson, so that paved a path for Terrace Marshall to play. Um, and honestly, he's looked pretty good. Like, I haven't watched the All-22 necessarily or looked really, really closely at the Panthers' offense, but to me, he's flashed. Every time I look up, he's catching, like, a pass down the field, making a big play. His snap rate has gone up. So the last three weeks, his snap rate, 45, 86, 92. So he's, he's up there almost playing every, every snap. His routes, same deal, gone up every week. Targets, one, three, nine. And then obviously his yards have gone up and his PFF grade has even gone up. So he's playing better. He's getting more snaps. He's getting more looks. Um, he had three end zone targets last week. So I think he's like on the verge of catching a touchdown or whatever. Like he's going to be a bigger part of this offense going forward. So I don't know. And plus, look, we love Phil Walker on this podcast. We're a, we're a Phil Walker podcast, I would say. Would you would you agree, Craig? Especially you. I think if you check the, lo- the art on the feed, it says presented by <laughs> Phil Walker. PJ Walker. Now that you said Phil Walker sounds like a like a like Johnny Walker spinoff or something. I like it. It's kind. Of, it's just like it's a smooth. It's a smooth name, Phil Walker. Everybody's smooth got a name a, for a celebrity a alcohol drink. now, so maybe he'll get on that. <laughs> no, but to your point, TK, I think. So here's the thing: Terrace Marshall did absolutely nothing as a rookie, and so it's just so easy to forget about him. Who cares? He did nothing as a rookie. The Panthers are a dumpster fire. Matt Rule was just trying to save his job, basically, desperately the last couple of years. This Terrace Marshall's twenty. Two? He He's was 22. He was drafted very young. Yeah. He was, he like, he did He's nothing. Three years a, younger than uh, Vilas Jones Jr. He couldn't legally buy a drink until like last summer. So, like, the fact that he didn't do well anything, he's, Terrace Marshall has more 
catches and yards in his last like three starts than he did his entire rookie year. So I agree. Like, look, I yes, this is probably a dynasty brain thing from you. I'm not going to shame. I'm not going <laughs> to shame you on this bipocalypse where it's like we're talking about Mac Hollins and oh, wow. whether to play like like yeah, it's like any receiver you could want to throw and go for. It's like, basically Thank you. he's having the best games of his young career, and it's like yeah, he's a talented dude that. It's super easy to forget about high upside guys that languish in clusterfuck teams. Sorry to curse, but it's like Panthers last couple of years, Washington, like, you know, it, it, when those guys start doing things, I, I don't, that's, you might as well bet on the very talented people. Yeah. Uh, and that actually reminds me, because I said this just now, we had an emailer from, I believe they went to Tennessee or somehow connected to Tennessee. Let the us know that we've been- state. We the, the college. Okay. Uh, we've been pronouncing Velas Jones Jr.'s name cr- incorrectly. It's Velas. Velas Jones Jr., according to pro, well, Profile Network, according to him, probably. Um, according to <laughs> Velas Jones Jr. <laughs> no, it's Pro Football Network. The man Network himself. Decided. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I Googled it and confirmed it. So Velas Jones Jr., I have been saying this incorrectly the entire time. Sorry. What was the you, connection between Terrace Marshall and Velas Jones? I just said he's three years younger than Felix. <laughs> Vales oh. Jones Jr., even though he came out a year earlier. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm excited to see what uh, Terrace Marshall does. And it's not Terrence Marshall, it's Terrace Marshall. Just FYI. That's it. Sounded like a note to self. All right, Craig, player you're like wishy-washy on, kombucha player. Yeah, even if Mark Andrews plays, should you still start Isaiah Likely? Yes. I've I kind of so. arrived here. I've I've arrived here, but yes, because well, I'm t- obviously if your options are bad, like I'm at the range where it's like if you lost out on Evan Engram for waivers and Hayden Hurst is rostered, and you're looking at like Noah Fant, yeah, I'm going Isaiah Likely either way because one, if Mark Andrews doesn't play, Isaiah Likely is probably a top five tight end this week. If Mark Andrews does play and gets a full workload, all right, that sucks. But there's the entire middle ground of like, well. If Mark Andrews is limited, either snap count or he's just not 100%, or they're like, wow, Isaiah Likely was great last week. We're going to hit him the ball too. I, I he is Isaiah Likely with the ball in his hands is better than probably every tight end in the NFL, except like, I'll be generous and say like nine minimum. So I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, I think you can play Isaiah Likely. Obviously, it's boom bust, but like every tight end's got the bust and boom bust. It's, you might as well play the guy with the most boom. And don't get scared off. It's it's tough because the projection tag, 4.3 points. And when you see that, you just like panic oh, yeah. mode. Visually, yeah. you can't get over that. And even, if Mark Andrews is active and suits up, like that projection is going to stay like that. It's Monday night. So you kind of are going to have to pick whether you want to do it or not uh, before the game's on Sunday. But I don't know, man. I kind of like it. Like this dude was the tight end two last week and he played two thirds of the snaps. The other factors that Rashad Bateman, the receiver is out for the season now. Right. So the Ravens yeah. are probably going to have to play more two tight end sets. And let's be real, because Isaiah Likely is a rookie tight end. Rookie tight ends don't do anything historically. Like, like Evan Engram for the Giants, Loki, had like one of the most highest yardage seasons for rookie tight end ever. I don't even think it was like that much more than 600. Like, they don't do anything. So the Ravens didn't come into the season counting on Isaiah Likely to do anything of substance like immediately. I think that even just that one game was enough proof of concept that they can build a game plan knowing that he can contribute. And now the Batemans hurt, they probably know that they have to. And so I kind of would be, I don't know about this week, but like, I actually would be kind of surprised if Mark Andrews a little banged up, Rashad Bateman's out for the season, and they don't play Isaiah Likely more at the same time with Mark Andrews. I feel like they're going to have to. 
And the Ravens are on bye the week after. So you kind of yeah. think that you're not going to really send Mark Andrews back into the into the pit with a bye coming next week. So I don't know. I, I, I think I might can. do it. Yeah. I, it's high up again. It's high upside. High, like Isaiah likely could literally have zero catches in this game. That would not mm-hmm. be crazy. I just look at it as like every tight end has the risk of the one catch for nine yards. Not every tight end is going to ha- could have like 90 yards after the catch. Like he, how many yards did the catch he had last week? It was a lot. And like, yeah, like every time we've seen him, he's flashed really impressively. Um, this is such a Ravens thing too. Heifetz, do you remember this? The Ravens actually pick a different tight end before Isaiah Likely. They picked Charlie Kolar. And he was their, I think, he, uh, Likely was their third of three fourth round picks or something like that. Fifth round pick, whatever it was. Um, let me check. He was a their third fourth round pick. No, their fourth fourth That's round pick. That's unbelievable. No, their fifth. They had five fourth round picks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He was their fifth fourth round pick, including so after Charlie <laughs> Kolar, uh, who has been injured all year. And it, it, this is like such a Ravens thing to do to like find some gem, but after they'd already picked someone else. Like, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson was picked after Hayden Hurst. Um, and they've done a lot of this over the years where they've picked the same position multiple times and it's just worked out for them for whatever reason. Um, I think they picked um, Mark Andrews in the same draft as Hayden Hurst. I could be wrong. Let me double check that. But um, but yeah, I mean, this is just, it's just funny how this works out. This is the draft for you. I feel like this isn't just the Ravens. I kind of feel like everything that's good was an accident and people not even convince other people, convince themselves it wasn't. Like, it's the Ravens taking a tight end ahead of Lamar Jackson. I mean, again, Tom Brady, the Patriots. It's not just that every other team passed on him. The Patriots passed on Tom Brady five times. Patrick Mahomes, 2017. Didn't the Chiefs want Paxton Lynch in 2016, the year earlier, and were, like, upset they didn't get <laughs> Paxton Lynch? Like, really, every... Like, the Seahawks brought Russell... Well, obviously, when he was on the Seahawks, he was really good. They brought in Russell Wilson. They signed Matt Flynn to a deal, yeah. like, that year. Like, like big everything one. that's good, literally just name good players in the NFL. And I feel like that team actually was trying to get someone else that job well, and just and fell into it. Like, in, in addition, like, they didn't pick Russ Wilson till the third round, you know? I mean, obviously, they took a calculated risk and thought that he would last that long based on how tall he was or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, they picked Bruce Irvin and Bobby Wagner before they picked Russell Wilson. And I'm actually, I did confirm, the Ravens picked... Hayden Hurst in the first round of the 2018 draft, and then Mark Andrews in the third round of the 2018 draft. That was after picking Lamar Jackson, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, this is just funny, too. I think it's a funny little factoid. The Ravens, for whatever reason, tend to hit on the second player at a position for, you know, God knows why. I feel like this is, we, we it's, it's like, I don't know, in fantasy football, sometimes the same thing where it's like, if draft pick trading was more of a thing, like if you had your draft order a month out and you could like trade your picks, it's like, what would you give up your first three picks for? First, second, third. Wouldn't you, would you rather just have like 12 picks to throw? Like, would you want the four yeah. fifth round picks? Yeah. With the five fourth rounders? Whatever. I love the way it's that the Ravens just accumulated. They had like 10 middle round picks this year. It was like crazy. Um, and they got a lot of players that I liked. So we'll see. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. 
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Speaking of not knowing anything, um, my Costanza Player of the Week. Just, it's it. actually just Costanza Play of the Week. I have no idea why the Seahawks are underdogs this week. This is befuddling. The, Seahawks, the Cardinals are giving the Seahawks two points or two and a half, depending where you like. The Cardinals are giving the Seahawks two and a half points. The Seahawks are underdogs. Three weeks ago, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals 19 to 9. And six of those points were from a defensive touchdown. The Cardinals offense scored three points against the Seahawks three weeks ago. And like, you look at this and like the Cardinals, again, uh, DK says it doesn't matter. I don't care. The, 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 the quarter stats. The Cardinals have the fewest points in the first quarter this year and their defense is allowed the most. I don't think that's just random. Like that's coaching. Like every week they're giving up the, they're just losing. The, the percentage of time the Cardinals are losing games is more than any other team in the NFL. And the Seahawks are out here like winning. They're playing great football. Geno Smith it looks the eye test even better than all the numbers say. It's the best year of his career. And I'm like, you know what? Every instinct in my bones is screaming. The Seahawks are going to win this game. And I'm like, okay, if every instinct I have is wrong. <laughs> oh, no. The opposite must be true. So I think the lock of the week is that the Arizona Cardinals money line. <laughs> this is good. This is really good. Because Did, I can't What was the one that you had reason. earlier this year? The It was the Colts versus the Jags or something like that? Yeah. Um, well, no, that, that was the... The Chiefs Colts, I wish it had been a Costanza. Oh, right. That was also one. And then Colts won. But that's how I feel. Yeah, this is good. This is good. This makes no sense. So that's why it probably will come true. The Cardinals don't play normal games. They're almost like the new Seahawks. So it's shit is always going on with them. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is back. That is like one of the big things. And I know the Six do have rookie cornerbacks, but regardless, I just. Ugh. I don't think that your obsession with like the scoring per quarter. It, I don't think it doesn't matter. I just think it's funny how much you how much you think it matters. Like you're just obsessed with these little factoids. It's fun. I'm just like, what happened at the end? Like, what was the final score? Like that's <laughs> <laughs> how many points did they actually score? I think what matters to me with the obviously the Cardinals are scoring more later in the game. I think that what I like about that stat with Arizona, and I think it matches the eye test, is that the offense designed by Cliff Kingsbury just doesn't fucking work. And then when the uh, when actually push comes to shove and the Cardinals need to go score to win the game in like the late third, fourth quarter and Kyler Murray just starts running around the recess, that's when everything works. It's when he's running around, when he's forcing balls to DeAndre Hopkins. Everything that can't really be designed does really well for Arizona. And I just don't know what... Cliff Kingsbury's the office space guy. It's just like, what do you do here? It's like, so you take the reports from the client. <laughs> No, like my secretary. Physically? No, my sister. Take your sunglasses off. Jeez. Somebody was like, hey, Tomlin wears sunglasses. Yeah, well, you know what? They play outside. 
They play under <laughs> the sun. Oh, man. Um, I don't like the fact that this game is in Arizona. There's bad juju with Arizona and the Seahawks. Like, uh, yeah. I'm, just, I'm not going to even talk oh, about it. Oh, is that because you guys lost the Super Bowl there? That, in addition to the fact that the Seahawks have suffered, like, several major career-ending injuries to some of, like, their most iconic players in that oh, field. Oh, Richard it's Sherman, just, like, yeah. He tore his Richard Achilles Sherman, I believe there was... Um, Cliff Averill? I can't remember. There's several others. I'm totally blanking. I shouldn't know this. But. You know what's funny? That you guys both have this, this kernel of knowledge in your brain that I don't have. And I, I'd love to know what people think. Email us. I don't know where Super Bowls are played. I, I like You guys always know <laughs> yes. the city Super no, Bowls. We know I, because I, the, no, it's really easy to answer. The Giants played the Patriots and beat them the first, the uh, seventh, that when the Patriots 18 and one. That Super Bowl is in Phoenix or in Glendale at the time. Uh, no, same one. I always get confused. But that was at the Cardinal Stadium. And so you don't forget where your team wins the Super Bowl. And then DK, the one that Seahawks lost to the Patriots. When your team's in the Super Bowl, you know it was played. I, I don't know yeah. if that's correct. I couldn't tell you where the Steelers played any of their Super Bowls. That's interesting. Really? Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I, as like a, just a, Maybe if you were... I didn't work in football when the Steelers were doing that. So maybe that's why. But like I just... I don't know. I, I wasn't just, working like, tur- in football in 2007. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I don't know. I, I just, to me, I just turn on the Super Bowl. I, I, and maybe in the moment, I obviously knew where it was, but like as the years go by, I couldn't no, tell this you where is, Yeah, played. this is interesting. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. I agree. I think my guess is that if your team's in the Super Bowl, you know where the game is. And otherwise, it's mostly forgettable. Because I know the Seahawks won their Super Bowl at the Meadowlands. And yeah. then they lost in Arizona, and that sucked. And I don't like and that And then field. also, the one everyone will remember is that the Bucks and the Rams both won those. Yes. Home. Everyone's yes. going to remember that. I get an additional category here that we haven't done before. Ooh. The Fantasy Beer Goggles Award. Ooh. There's not, the quarterback play hasn't been that great this year, you guys. And so maybe <laughs> this is I've all heard. relative. But I'm kind of into Taylor Heineke of the Commanders. Yeah. <laughs> Closing <laughs> like, time. I've, I have been very anti-Heineke in the past. Like, I'll just put that out there. I recognize that. I've been like, he sucks. Can we, can we call him, him if, if this is the Fantasy Beer Goggles, can we call him Taylor Heineken? There we go. I like that. This is brought to you by Heineken. Um, look, I, I don't I don't think he's actually like really good, but he he's eighth right now in points per game. I know he's only played like two games, but he's eighth if you if you took his points per game. He has a don't give a fuck like YOLO style. He's just willing to chuck it up. I think he's almost undoubtedly better for the skill players on the commanders in terms of like his style of play, how he's able to push the ball downfield, give the ball to McLaurin in particular. Um and the Vikings this week, who they're playing, have given up eighth most points to quarterbacks. So, I don't know. I'm kind of excited about the Commanders this weekend. How do you guys feel about his thing with the Air Jordans, where he buys the Air Jordans with the colors of the teams that he beats? Oh, really? <laughs> it's lame, for sure. But I I can't decide if it's really cool, and I just don't like the P- and it is cool, or I something about it turns me off, but I think it's because like Darren Ravel has like really picked it up and I don't know if it's just the people who are sharing this information with me. I don't like the messengers. If other players are doing this, it would be cool though, right? Agree. Like if, if Michael Jordan did this, we'd be like so cool, but if you're not that good, it's weird. Like if Jalen Hurts just secretly had all these colors of all these shoes, we'd be like, oh my God, wow, Jalen Hurts is awesome. Yeah, but Heineke, I, but look, look, it all kind of folds in to this, to this pit bull mentality. That Heineke has. You keep What's saying you? this and I don't get it. <laughs> He's a dog. He's got that dog in him. He does. Oh. <laughs> Heineke not only looks like a pit bull, plays like a pit bull. And I'm just all in on Washington right now because I have McLaurin on a lot of fantasy, on my big fantasy uh, team. 
this year, and he's been a godsend for him. He really he is. has. He's so much better than Wentz was with the, for the like, and also Antonio Gibson. He's just checking down Antonio Gibson, or at least getting him the ball. He just again, it's kind of like what DK said, where you know, is Jameis Winston better than Andy Dalton in a vacuum? Probably sure. You know what Andy Dalton does? Gets the ball to the good players. That's what and I like, want. <laughs> yes. The, the good players the get the ball. Way, that's the way I judge you. Uh, and with 100%. Heineke, it's just like, there are, you know, maybe Wentz is trying very hard to read the progressions on a route. Heineke's just getting the good players the ball. Yeah. Great strategy. Um, also, we don't have to get into it, but like the whole Washington Commanders organization is having oh quite the God. dramatic weekend, or week, I should say. So I live in Washington, D.C., and I got to say, I I don't want to be hyperbolic, and it, there's been a lot of lows, but I will say, this is a low bar, but I think the 24-hour news cycle of Dan Snyder hiring Bank of America, which may be to like uh, sell the team, maybe just to sell a minority ownership, combined with the news today, what was it, that Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z might do a bid, which again, maybe this is completely fake, it means nothing, but like this news, I feel like is like one of the high points of Washington like DC football in the last like two years. Literally just those two headlines. The people I know who are Washington fans are more excited about that than anything since I moved here. A hundred percent. Like my very unscientific view of just seeing what Washington fans were, how they were reacting on Twitter. It was like, this is they like they won the Super Bowl. Like it was legitimately <laughs> yeah. like the greatest day of their lives. I really hope it, it ends up like he ends up selling because he's, you know, Dan Snyder. He's probably going to like do the whole Trump thing, like he wriggle his way out of this one again. Ah, nevertheless, you know. But like, um, sounds like the team is under investigation for like financial crimes and things like that. Like he might actually be forced to uh, finally sell. I have a lot of kinship with the Washington fans, just as a Knicks fan, because there's a special breed of nihilism that a fandom gets when you're terrible, awful owner that everyone hates. And obviously, Snyder is probably worse than what Dolan has done. But when you're awful, terrible owner. He's like also pretty young and a billionaire. And you're like, mm. damn, he might just outlive me. You know what I mean? Like, that's like <laughs> right. the worst kind of feeling. You know what I mean? You're like, is and this so it? He has to sell. That's why there's so much push for him to sell. It's because if he doesn't sell, he'll, he could outlive everybody who's a Washington fan. God, I don't know. They could cryo freeze him. I don't know. He could live forever. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, go Heineke. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we have any emails? We do. This one is great. It's actually from about a month ago, so I apologize for not doing it earlier, but um, it's from Mike. And Mike. I'm just going to go ahead and read it off because I think it's hilarious. So Mike has been an avid listener of the podcast for several years. Happily credit the fantasy football advice you three provide every week for my successes. He goes on to talk about how great he's done. Unfortunately, that's changed. I used to win multiple leagues every year, and now my record's in four leagues. And this was again a month ago. Two and two, two and two. He's a bunch of 500 teams and bad teams. How did I go from being good at fantasy football a few years ago to being so bad? Is it because I now have two kids and can't commit as much time to it? No, I figured it out. I think it's your fault because somewhere along the line, Danny Heifetz stopped yelling Danny Kelly's name at the beginning of the podcast. And Mike has sucked ever since. In celebration of Danny's 40th birthday, in hopes of putting this out in the universe, I will regain my winning ways. Please enjoy the attached MP3. Mike put together a super cut of... Heifetz screaming Danny Kelly. For those who mic. don't know, in the earlier days of this podcast, uh, I, I was much louder in the intro, if you can believe that. Like, I was very loud. <laughs> like, and it was several and notches, it. like several notches higher. Yeah. Like, yeah, many notches. And uh, we stopped because it was probably not 
the best practice. <laughs> Somewhat maybe off-putting to new people listening. Yeah. But the old people love the screaming. They do. Yeah, wait, Jessica, can you can you play this clip? I want to hear this. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host <laughs> and my co-Danny. Oh the God. hero we need and the analyst we deserve, the <laughs> Dark Knight himself, Danny Kelly! Danny Kelly! Danny Kelly! <laughs> Danny Kelly! Danny Kelly! Oh as always, the Dark Knight himself! <laughs> Danny Kelly! Danny Kelly! Danny Kelly! That was borderline anger, I felt. Danny Kelly! 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 Danny just because you're in New York and DK's in Seattle doesn't mean you have to yell for him to hear you across the country. Danny Kelly! Danny Kelly! Danny Kelly! Danny Kelly! It brings me life if it helps. I don't feel anything. Every day is the same. I don't know where I am. Danny Kelly! Danny Kelly! Danny Kelly! Danny Kelly! You brought the energy right there. Wow. I've been raring to go. I'm feeling. Man. A lot of feels. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! Shout out to wait, who made that? Mike. 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 Major shout out to Mike for making that. My first thought. First of all, the old the old music ripped. Oh. Yeah, I know. I really like the old music. Yeah. Shouts out Evan Campbell. He was a producer with us at the Ringer, and he I I remember telling him he was like a a good music uh, sound designer guy, and he was like, "What do you want the new music to be?" And I was like, "You know those bells that play on the NFL Network?" I was like, "Do that, but like." That goes hard. And he was like, say no more. <laughs> Came back with that and I was say like, less. no notes. <laughs> this is so good. Oh my God. Um, I think we should just for as a tradition, like play that every once in a while, like once a year or something like that. Just use that intro again. My favorite part of that was Heifetz going, as always. <laughs> I know. As always. So good. I, I think it was a mix of like Bruce Buffer introducing UFC fighters and like the fourth of July hot dog guy. Have you seen those intros? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's introducing Joey Chestnut. Oh my that guy's gosh. like my my oh my god. That guy's when he's like <laughs> you ever seen that you ever seen that guy introduce the Fourth of July hot dog people? I don't think I have. It's the most ludicrous like event. Like just not the hot dogs. The introducing the people walking up. He's uh, uh, uh we'll have to I'll have to show you guys this. <laughs> if if this career doesn't work out for you, I bet you could always pivot to that. It would be an honest-to-God dream of mine to just, oh, my God. George Shea is his name. Look up George Shea, just the hot dog intro videos. He's just like, in a world with great oceans drained to sand, there will still be a monument to his greatness. It's just... I hope that Mike didn't <laughs> spend too long on that. Maybe that's why his fantasy team's bad. He's got two kids, and he's in his room making a mix of Danny Seifert's yelling. He could be checking waivers. It was a clean mix, too. Like he had the background mix. music. All along, throwing in Craig here and there. Craig had like the nihilist thing. Though. I don't feel any. <laughs> I, don't yeah, I don't know what that anything. was. Uh, what day was that? <laughs> what was happening? There? I'm trying to imagine what happened that week. Probably the Who 2018 was a weird week for for Craig. Weird. Did I say 2018 was a week? Yeah, you did. When do you think? What year were, were those from? Is that like 2019? 18 and 19. Okay. 19. I think. I think we only had it for one year. I think 19 was that music. Wow. Anyway, I hope that uh, us putting this back into the universe, Mike, will help you turn your season around, build a playoffs, win it all. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Danny Kelly. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Lord. Always. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Outcast. Oh, oh that's a nice, great one. Great one. What's your cool. favorite Outcast song? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, the first one that came to mind was Haiti. Hey, nah, or hey, ya, hey, ya, hey, ya, hey, ya. It's been a while. 
It's all right. I got Hey Ma confused with Hey Ya. My favorite is Miss Jackson. I think that's a good one. The first thing that came to my mind was Bombs Over Baghdad, but I think I mean it's basic answer. But I think the three we just gave are the most basic three. Rosa Parks. Roses. Roses is also huge. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys seen Semi Pro? Yeah. Will Ferrell. Remember that Andre 3000 is just in that? I did He's just like one, one of the guys on the team. Coffee Black. That's just Andre 3000. <laughs> That's awesome. Incredible. Yeah. So we forgot to thank Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. Thank you for oh, playing. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesse. Sorry, I got so excited to yell DK's name. Jesse, I, thank you, Jesse. Thank Can you, you yell, thank you, Jesse? <laughs> <sighs> okay. As always, <laughs> thank you, Jesse Lopez. For production help. Wow, Zoom actually did me a favor there. I know, it like cut, it, muted it was it. so loud. Zoom like <laughs> kind of collapsed for three seconds. Have that was these nice. levels on the the audio thing we use that it's you know it's, it's like a governor. The, yeah, like when you, <laughs> like a governor, and like I it doesn't ever go red. I think I I just made it go red a lot. Yeah, we should really thank Jesse for the audio wizardry he's about to pull off on those yeah. screens of yours. All right. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.